What's up, everybody, and welcome to Going Off Track. Brad, Jonah, and Steven coming to you pre-recorded. Pre? What? We were recording it now. We I'm are. recording now. You're recording it now. You do everything. I don't want to. Oh, we're recording now. Yeah. I thought you were just talking. Yeah, no, he's recording. He's he practicing. I thought we're... this is. Don't you usually practice that a few times? No, we don't. Let's do, we, the, let's do it again. We don't do auditions. That's what they call it in in radio. You do an audition and then you 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 practice it while the song is going. Then you have ten seconds to oh, say really? it again. So the DJ's sitting there while the song is going. I going was like, I was asked <laughs> if I to 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 DJ at um. Uh, what's the big pop radio station in New York with with Elvis Duran on in the morning that uh, we don't listen to, like Kiss know. FM it's or w. something? W. Dillagaff. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I can't remember it, but they they asked me to come and, and try out because they liked me. But it was it, they don't deserve. The, a but plug. the music they played was in no relation to what we were playing at Fuse at the time, and so I went and did overnights. From I did the coveted twelve a.m. to seven a.m. shift with some kid, and I got hazed. You know, by like other DJs, and I, I don't react well to that sort of thing. So everybody got really quiet when I was like, "Why don't you all shut the fuck up?" And it got really ugly. But the people there who programmed the channel were so nice and so cool. And I remember sitting in the room with them, saying, "You know, the way you sound here, it doesn't sound like what we hear on the television." And I went, "That's because I have more than ten seconds to talk usually on TV." <laughs> then I didn't go back, but they were very nice. So that's how probably the whole DJ talking over the song came about was they were rehearsing and left the mic on and was like, well, I got to go with it. Yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> like, ugh. The radio just, it's all programmed from somebody's house and all the songs and everything is just down to the, to the second and it's just completely obnoxious. Um, that's a terrible segue for our guest, but I don't think he would mind it. Uh, I'm sure he's never going to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting for this since we started the podcast. Fat Mike from NoFX. Now, how long, how long have you been working on this, Jonah? Like, years. Literally years. And, and Mike... Uh, and how long have we been waiting to release this podcast? Literally years. <laughs> literally years. Feels literally like years. years. We're not even sure. By the time you hear this... Um, <laughs> Uh, who, who knows where all of us will be while, <laughs> while this is being released. But okay, so Fat Mike from No Effects is here. We've all known him for years. Great dude. Fun dude. Has a lot of things to talk about. He and his fiance, maybe wife by the time this airs, Soma Snake Oil, have been working on a Broadway musical for the past four years. Um, part of the reason it took so long for this to come out is because we weren't legally allowed to talk about it. Now, we tried to edit out all the talk about the musical but it's just peppered throughout the whole interview. So this is it in its entirety. The weird thing about it is, if you want to think of a very stereotypical interview of Fat Mike, this is not it, except in the case that he's completely and utterly hungover. Yeah. To the point of almost being unconscious. Yeah. He, he, uh, towards the beginning, it was a little, little rough, and then I felt like he sort of came to life, and by the end, it was great. But yeah, this is... Probably one of the craziest interviews I've ever done. I feel like even afterwards, Mike was like, that was a pretty crazy interview, huh? Yeah, when and Mike's... I was like, yes, Fat Mike, that was a pretty crazy interview. <laughs> he gets really introspective, like, beyond life. We learn a lot about Soma, who I'd never really hung out and talked to, and she's just got such an insane story. And the musical they put together, um, full disclosure, Mike asked me to, to like, kind of consult on it, um, which was a wonderful opportunity. I loved every second of it, working with these Broadway folks, basically just sitting and listening and throwing a note here and there, but kind of supporting. It was just awesome. It's a musical about Jonah. I've seen it a couple times. It's yes. about, um, 
uh, crust punks in San Francisco. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. No, they're, no, not San Francisco. Portland. They're in Portland. And um, uh, Brad's lovely wife came and got to watch a showing of it. And it's very neat. But let's let Mike talk about it, everything else. And listen, if you can, you'll hear it. Uh, we're going to call it the soft inhale. Are we actually talking? Right we are now? talking are right we, now. Oh, okay. I thought we were just chatting. Okay. That's how we roll. We got cool. Soma Snake Oil and Fat Mike here with us now. Uh, we're in the podcast. We're yeah. in the podcast. We're in the, the going off track bunker. It's mellow in here tonight. It's very mellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think we should point yeah. out right now that Mike is slowly expiring. He's got heartburn to the gods, which as someone who uh, is a, a fairly smart partier, yeah. heartburn, that's what's going to get you? That's just rough. I feel uh, bad. No, yeah. Thanks for turning and, down the lights, though. Yeah. Really oh, I do that. Anyway. It was that just this morning. So we stayed up all night, and then for some reason, I decided to eat pasta with red sauce and vodka. And I just wonder. If, you see the shots of vodka I was doing? I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the. Shots. Have we learned nothing from John? I just Lana? wonder if the, maybe the blackberries have something to do with it as well. Oh, the blackberries. This. Uh, you were texting while eating. No, <laughs> but uh, we get in, you know, I don't know, we're just always doing something weird, and we got a pretty big argument the other night while people were over, and she was coming at me like that. I thought she was going to smack me or slap me or something, but she put me against a wall and started shoving blackberries in my ass, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? And it was a serious argument, and she's like... I'm just what I'm doing. I'm like, I started laughing and then some fell on the ground and Chester, our friend Justin, Justin, give me those. He's like, okay, ma'am. And then, <laughs> so, and then started throwing the blackberries at me and it was just, it was. I spent this morning cleaning blackberries off the wall. Yeah. But I'm not sure how good it is, you know, for someone's intestines to have blackberries shoved. But it seems like a good way to end an argument and like both people yeah. are happy. We were just it we was, were just dying of laughter. Yeah, that's it great. went right from ah, <laughs> I'm so gonna try that. It was, <laughs> like at the bank. It definitely went from angry to bizarre. So yeah. Yeah. that was pretty smart, so <laughs> smart move. Julian, that was our night. <laughs> Ending with, with pasta vodka and And you were erupting. Yeah, a couple <laughs> Norcos too. That's why I feel so nauseous now. Ugh. Some of what? Norcos. Painkillers. Painkillers. Oh, yeah. Try to make myself feel better. And all I got was nausea. <laughs> so then you have to take the anti-nausea pill, which then gives you a fucking headache and drag. Mm. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna work I'm feeling <laughs> great. This is an awesome <laughs> podcast. Thanks, buddy. We've been trying to get... You know what? You were... When we first started doing the podcast, like the week that we started it, uh, no effects was in town. You were at Starland. And I went out. You know, Matters Club, yeah. And I remember saying, uh, it's like, um, oh, yeah, we're starting this podcast. And you went, yeah, Vanessa asked me, you know, uh, to do it. And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I said no to this one, too. I don't know why we're here. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You didn't say no. You just said two o'clock in the afternoon. That's so early. Yeah. And I can't make it. And then you guys said, how about the next day? Yeah. So I couldn't come up with a good enough excuse. <laughs> Call that fucking bluff. <laughs> uh, real quick history lesson. Uh, 
you know, as a fan of No Effects, it was very exciting to meet you. And it was when we did our show on Fuse, the Untitled Rock Show. Me first in the Gimme Gimme's were the first guests we ever booked for our show on Fuse. And I was very excited. I remember. And uh, I made a horrible, uh, almost racist joke. And you just started laughing hysterically. I love that it was almost racist. <laughs> well, he said that I said, "Are you going to raise your kid Jewish?" And you said, "No." And I said, "Good." And that was the extent <laughs> of the joke. And you just started laughing. And then I was like, uh, "I guess I haven't gone too far." But then afterwards, I was like, "I called every Jew I went and went." Okay, here's what happened, and it's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> How on a scale of one to Holocaust? Like, what is? And and they were like, "We pride ourselves on our sense of humor." Mm. Yeah, I, I remember getting the giggles. It's fun getting the giggles on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you've come then you come back a, a bunch since then. But I, I want to work backwards because uh you two have What called, is this podcast about anyway? It's called Going Off Track and that's kind of how we do it. We oh. just go off on tangents. It's unplanned. It's, Jonah was the writer of the rock show. He was the last writer for the show. He was yeah. the only writer for the fucking show. Mm. And we Cuz we didn't plan anything for today. Perfect. Oh. Yeah. That's you exactly. guys you guys uh, sent over uh, all the bullet points that we're going to talk about today. Oh, I didn't, and the, and there was, I didn't see them. Well, yeah, because it, they didn't actually do that. There was oh. nothing. Oh. No, we have, a, we have a PowerPoint, so <laughs> we're discuss. Hey, you guys are messing with me. I, I, did, I did do um, what I call lazy research because I listened to the Dana Gould Hour podcast. I listen to his podcast. It's very punk. And uh, hmm. he had on a friend of his who used to work in a dungeon here in New York, who is mm. now like an ad exec out in LA. And it, I was like, oh my God, this is like the perfect primer for when someone might come in. Dungeon to ad exec is, is, is pretty interesting. It's very interesting. And she's done Love Line, some other uh-huh. things. She was just very smart. And it was just fascinating to listen to her talk. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like this is like a 101 when you guys come in because I know nothing about that world. What'd you learn? I learned that there's a, and this, it sounds dumb saying it to me, Learned that S and M and B and D are two different things. Mm. Well, they're, they're definitely different letters for <laughs> sure. But yeah, smart bondage yeah. and discipline. No, but yeah, yeah. And I, you know, because in my head it's like, oh, it's all one thing or another, and it's what sure. people get. But it's it's. Don't forget DNS. That I do not know what is that. Dominance and submission. I was thinking, do not resuscitate, but that's <laughs> DNR. So I'm confused. Well, I guess you could put that. You could put those together. <laughs> uh, we're, we're funny because we pretty much. We do every, anything. It's just always original material. You, you never know what she's going to come up with or what situation we find ourselves in. And it's just amazing uh, how many times we've, we've fucked and done crazy scenes. And it's always different. You never know. <laughs> so... I really, what a fun... We have such a fun adventures. You are so fun. Oh, thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> I think... I really think of... BDSM, and I, I mean, he's heard me say this a million times, so it's boring for him. But I, I think of BDSM as evolved sexuality. It's you know, it's advanced. It's it's advanced sexuality. It's so boring just to do that, right? Like, someone's now thrusting for those. Of you yeah, listening. I was thrusting. <laughs> I was thrusting. But, uh, for some people, that's as exciting as it gets. I mean, so. touching genitals, you know, it's it's pretty great. But there's, you know, also a thousand other things you can do. So, how you get as in- foreplay? That's true. Yeah, for, I think people miss out on the foreplay quite a bit. So, how'd you get involved in all of this? How'd you, what what drew you to it? Mm, so, uh, 
Where do I start? Do I start with it? With uh, the, I'm going to uh, start Bible, what you're thinking. The Bible, about the Bible <laughs> masturbation? Ooh, yeah, or? the Bible's a good one. I don't know. What? On- onanisms? Mm. She used to jerk off with the Bible. She used to read it before bed and then just use it on her clit. <laughs> that was the beginning of her... her well, and then punish my and then punish myself afterwards. And she felt bad, so yeah, punish yourself. Where were you? Where, where were you living? Um, at the time, I think probably South Dakota, but that's bizarre to say that Sturgis, South Dakota. Anyway, um, I, I went to high school in Sturgis. How cool is that? It's hard. Wow. To, I I don't I don't really know what what to tell you about what drew me to it, but you know, it's it's just uh, oh my gosh. I, I'm so tired. Help yeah. me out here. <laughs> we haven't gone to sleep, baby. What, what drew me to it? Um, uh, the first time... I mean, it... <sighs> first time I ever jerked off. First time I got a boner and jerked off. I can't believe I just flubbed that so hard. Uh, go ahead, baby. Go ahead, go ahead. Was to we'll come su- back around. Super... Okay. Was to s Oh, my, this is a good story. My mom used to have all this uh, porn... Cocks and cunts, right? Yeah, she had a magazine called Cocks and Cunts. And it was just pictures of cocks and cunts. It was terrible. I'm like, God, I can't believe my mom was reading this. And then there's some hustlers and penthouses, and I would look at them and, you know. Do you really think she was reading that? Well, I heard her French that boyfriend. I she had a mirror that above her bed. Asked. I mean, she was, she was pretty I don't know that I've ever asked you that before, though. Like, do you really think that was. But, but yeah. I, you know, none of that shit did it for me. You know, just looking at girls with tits, I was like, oh, I don't get it. I What's know. wrong with me? Girls with tits. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I finally read a story about a man who was submissive to. Uh, his, his, his wife, wife right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, she used to, you know, beat him up and uh, have friends come over and do stuff to him. And I was like, oh, a submissive man to his him. wife. And I was like, woo, this is awesome. And first Hi. time I ever jerked off, first time I came was to kinky porn. So it's like I knew, you know, and and uh, into female dominance too. That yeah. I love that. I love that part too. Female supremacy, mm-hmm. and I've always been that way since then. And and uh, just having a normal, boring sex life just—it seems so retarded. Like, God, well, it sounds like you've never life. had a boring sex life. If you if you like, if that was familiar to you without knowing it, you know what I mean. Like mm. that was just part of you, and. So instinctual, instinctual, that's, yeah. Right, as, yeah. Like that's just that's naturally where you're going to go because that's part of you. Like it doesn't sound like it's like like that could become boring. Like that could that could switch into ordinary. Tie me up, tie me up, and then like oh, straight sex. Oh, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we do. I mean, that's we do. a little bit true. That is a little bit true. What is? We haven't done missionary in years. My no, God. it's funny though because we we do missionary most of the time when we're fucking. Well, not I guess not missionary. Yeah, but your legs are up. Yeah, but, but I'm on top a lot. Yeah, but just plain vanilla sex is pretty different and exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, sure. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> now, where'd you guys meet? We met in my dungeon. He uh, he rented it. He uh, I guess I, he went to a, 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 sex, p- a sex shop or something and said to someone... I need to. I think I recognized it at a leather store. I need to. (laughs) And it was super embarrassing. (laughs) Uh, You know, I was going to buy all these things. Oh, it's a fan. Oh, that mic. Right. I'm like, I'm not getting this. Just I'll take this this bottle of lube. That's all I'm getting. I'm not getting this this huge ass plug. (laughs) This was just a gag gift. 
Anyway. A gag gift. Oh, gag gift. <laughs> and uh, I was going to L.A. and he said, I said, do you know any dominatrixes in, in L.A.? Any doms in L.A.? And he goes, I know this one. She's punk rock. She's got a great, really cool dungeon that's uh, it's fun to have a party in. So I had a party with, you know, uh, with the Alkaline Trio dudes and Vandals dudes and some 41 and uh, some guys with no effects and everyone's girlfriend. And she was the... Uh, it was her place. And uh, we hit it off right away. <laughs> we were just talking about that the other night, yeah. She didn't pay any attention to me at all. Instant, connect- just- instant connection, but I gave him to some other girl. Yeah. <laughs> and you were running the whole place? Yeah, yeah. It was my place. She ended up beating up uh, a lot of people's girlfriends. Mm-hmm. She gave uh, Eric Melvin's wife, Erica, a, a whooping. <laughs> 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 so... Yeah, and we just, uh, we really, really liked each other. And after we hung out for a while, she goes, hey, you know, if you want to hang out here, you can just come by and hang out with us. And it was such a cool place, no, right? I, well, I think she, I even said, I, I think I even put it on the table that, hey, uh, I think you're a potential family member. And I said that to my slave. What do you think? Should we let him be in our family? And, and the slave said, uh, yeah. That was weird because she she had a twenty four two four seven slave living with her for what three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three and a half years. How does that transaction work? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Not as good as you'd think because because I moved in too and we lived. We Our lived house is a lot a year. cleaner now that we don't have a living slave. I know because the thing is about <laughs> slaves, they, they would keep they, it they so don't, clean. You know, That's you, what would I'm, imagine, no, you would imagine. You would imagine with the living slave. <laughs> Uh, this one was a terrible domestic. Uh, <laughs> the worst domestic. Worst. Lovely, lovely person, but terrible domestic. So you need, you need some a certain personality, but mm-hmm. uh, boy would not, and and boy is a uh, a genetic female, but she's she's uh, changing into boi. A, boi. Okay. Identifies as as male, mm. but uh, she's actually she's. About to get a top surgery. Yeah, she's getting her tits cut, chopped off. Very soon. Oh, did you post something? Maybe I saw yeah. about they're trying mm-hmm. to raise money. We were for doing it. a fundraiser. Yes, yeah, that. we raised a lot of money. That's awesome. But uh, only raised enough to cut one tit off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's an Amazon. <laughs> so he's an Amazon. So yeah, he's he, an yeah, Am- he and no, but hey, so, that, good for you. So we're like, I love that you know the pronouns. It's cool. You know. uh Boy, you should wait till you get all the money because you don't want to walk around with one tit because L.A., you know, it's, it's, it's not a one-tit town, uh, <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> you know, you know the old expression. All <laughs> <sighs> this time. But uh, having boy around was just really a pain in the ass because it's it's not, you know, nothing's for free. <laughs> well, it's it's actually a lot of work to have... A slave, so it sounds it sounds delightful, and it is delightful. But you know, it's it's a lot of maintenance, emotional maintenance for one thing, which is good. And and the best thing, it's it's very good. But boy, boy was a closer. We call him the closer. We call him the closer, <laughs> which is good closer. sometimes because uh, had a real estate that's, license. That's that's or... that's actually one of the benefits of of the slave part. That it's yeah, yeah if, you know, we're having our fun, we're doing our <laughs> scenes, and then. Uh, we end up fucking, and when I, I didn't make her come, 
uh, you know, I'd come in her and uh, she'd be like, boy, get over here. And then boy would go down on her <laughs> and finish, <laughs> finish up. Finish and you didn't want you because you didn't want to or you're tired or. Oh, well, well, I don't want to go down on her after I came in her. That's gross. <laughs> but, That's but, you know. so amazing that you just told that story with, with so, so much detail to so many people. It is so grotesque. It's just amazing. Like, so, I don't know if it's grotesque or if you guys have you know found the secret to a lasting relationship. Oh, yeah. yeah it it's is true. a secret to a lasting relationship. Yeah. Everyone should have a closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There used to be a sketch written for SNL where the actual closer is Kira Sedgwick and she has to actually come in. <laughs> yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, so you, you want to go down on your woman first, mm. you know, not after. Yeah. And or, besides, or, and when, and after you come, you don't want to. Well, some people. I mean, that, that's your particular thing because you think that coming is like blowing your nose. That's what he's told me. <laughs> He says. Well, he mean, says that you're disgusted he by says, your own semen. He well, says that steam, yeah, like a male cum. Male cum is like is like it's not. What is? Nose. It's like mucus sh- shooting out of your body. You know, it's, it's just cock snot, really. So I don't so want to. I don't want to be anywhere near the cock Afterwards, snot. and I'm always like. <laughs> afterwards, I'm like, can you hand me a tissue? And then I'm like, oh, that's yeah. wow. He's right. <laughs> that's good. I've heard that's baby true. wipes are much better. <laughs> They help out more, but you know, boy didn't seem to mind. Well, no, boy minded, but but couldn't say anything about it. <laughs> now, I, learned, we, I don't know if boy minded. You think you think boy was okay with it? I think boy was okay with it. Well, boy loved to make you happy, but just the, the, I, I, my I, my cum uh, drip, dribbling down his chin. Well, you know, I think that was. I think that was a part of the whole part. erotic experience. Yeah. Well, you know, you were daddy. Yeah. To boy too. Yeah, we were so. kind of mommy and daddy to boy. You but. made reference earlier to you know want to bring Mike into the family that sort of thing. Now, Jonah and I were lucky to see a stage reading of Home Street Home, mm. the musical you guys wrote, mm-hmm. and I felt that was very informative about that world because it surrounds a family, you mm-hmm. know, and it's um, you know in the I think it's safe to say gutter punks, but there's a Dom. Is that the I don't I want to get the correct terminology. Sure, sure. I mean, but they talk about bringing it into in a this family particular case i mean it's really kind of like one of those tribal crusty punk gutter punk street families but um so yeah i guess there's the bdsm element mm-hmm. but it's not like but well, yeah, it's guess, not normal for street it's, kids it's but i don't know I, you think it's not normal for street kids to have a, a street family i think no, it's no, it's street, yeah normal. but not a bdsm and a street family right 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 but you know i knew a guy who lived in a closet and he had all his stuff all his toys and whips and stuff and, and the closet wall. And he it was the smallest it was a closet. But he man, he managed to make it work. What does that have to do with I don't know. The BDSM street family? I don't even understand. I wasn't listening. I have no Go idea ahead. what you're talking about. I mean it was it was interesting for sure. I'm not I'm not trying to talk smack to you, but I actually was kinda but yeah. so we're gonna move backwards here. So start with the musical. That's the most recent thing that I've seen. You guys have been working on this for how long? Years together for like three years, three three and a half years. He 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 had started this project before, and he had I don't know like eight songs, something like that, right? Yeah, about eight songs, and I, I tried working with a couple other writers, and it was terrible. And then I asked her if she wanted to write with me, and it worked out great. I kind of had to audition. I had to yeah. I had to prove prove myself to you. Mm-hmm. She knows how to. 
use words properly <laughs> and, and she can spell and she corrects my, my so English I, all the time. Because I was able really, to spell, it's not I annoying. It's, it's it's really <laughs> awesome because you know, I I was I was using a lot of words in the wrong way, and you know normally people don't correct me. They're just like, God, that fat Mike's an idiot. <laughs> and she go, Baby, you're using that word incorrectly. Or was it esoteric? That was one of them. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, this makes me sound obnoxious. Right? No, it does. It makes you sound smart and beautiful. Mm. Smart man, he put beautiful second. <laughs> Someone's thinking. Anyway, so we've we've been working on this thing seriously for about three and a half years, and um, and it went it went from eight songs, and we've got, it's gone to about forty five songs. And <laughs> forty, it's still it's so true. It's about forty five songs, but and, and now it's dropped down to about thirty two. A lot of dropped songs. Now, Selma, are you just helping out with like lyrics? Or are you musical too? She helps out with lyrics and and story. And the okay. book. We wrote the story together. What was so crazy to me about it was even when it was a girl singing just like a ballad on piano, it sounded like you're you such a distinctive style. Like it's everything, I was like, if they were palm muted guitars and you were saying it would mm. be a no effects song, which I thought was really cool. It was. Oh, that's that's yeah, it's pretty cool that you can tell that. Uh, I love that you can tell that. One of the things I do that I didn't even know I do this. It's it's I didn't know there's a word for it. It's called prosody. Prosody, and it's yeah. when you put the wrong emphasis on the just on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> and I do that a lot in no effect songs because I just I don't care. I, I think the melody is more important than the word. But it you it, it works for you totally. It totally, it totally works, works for but, you. But then these people, you know, our, our co-writer Jeff Marks and more like producer, he's just taking a song's journey. We, we're doing most of the writing, but uh, he's like. When people see a musical, they're only going to hear this line once. There's no lyric sheet. So they have to understand what you're saying. Right. So you can't, you really have to pronounce the words better than I was. And the way that Did you have any problems understanding? No, no. I understood everything. But, you know, he's, he's worked very hard to fix, to fix that. Fix a lot of those prosody, whatever, issues. Now, this yeah. was, now, were you working on the musical when you did Rubber Bordello, or was that before or after? At the same time, we mm -hmm. were working on the musical and... Did Rubber Bordello. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, we're always, we're always doing something AVN award-winning Rubber yeah. Bordello. Three AVNs. <laughs> Three AVNs that we won, and then multiple nominations. Yeah, nominated other than for that eight. Too. It, was all, it was a record for a, for a fetish film. That's amazing. Well, for a small company, for a fetish film, yeah, I think... I think we were like the smallest company that got nominated for that many awards. Were you surprised mm -hmm. when you guys won, or what? You know what was awesome. We were just you know yeah. what was awesome was he he was up against uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. For <laughs> music, one of one of the music things, whatever. Yeah. And, and you know we weren't sure whatever because I, it was you know Snoop Dogg is he going to win because he's Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Anyway, it was so great that he won, and then we were like. Yeah, whatever, Snoop Dogg, who? Ah! <laughs> Jump it up and down. Very, it was very exciting. happy. What is the, in, in the categories of the adult, of uh, was it adult video news? Is that what they call it? Mm -hmm. uh, awards. Is, like, I mean, is, is there a category for just fetish films? Yeah. The, 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 BDSM, best yeah, BDSM got, release, which we, got, we won. Yeah, best and, what, and what defines news. fetish film versus, like, BDSM film? Like, how do you delineate it? 
fetish versus BDSM? Yeah, that's what or, I was or, like. Is this like is it is that because I'm confused? Is it broken up? Because when I was reading about it, it said you know you're one for fetish film. I'm like, oh, is that different than you know bondage, well, or is that part of it? I mean, or there, there's so many things that could be a fetish, like cuckolding could be a fetish, or foot fetish, or um. What else? Sitting Do you on know a, what cuckolding sit, is, smart guy, Stephen? Cuckolding. <laughs> sitting on a balloon uh, could be a fetish. When, you're being, when someone has uh, cuckolded you or cheated on you. Right. When someone has taken away, uh, cheated on your spouse or girlfriend. Or That's right. Yeah, how'd you get so fucking smart? Cuckolding. Yeah. Read a, uh, I read a lot Canterbury of Tales. Like, and you know, and you know why it's um, and you know why it's called cuckoldry? Where they get the term from? Well, the horns, the cu- the cuckoo, the cuckoo, the cuckoo why bird. Why specifically the cuckoo bird? Why that bird? You know, avian award-winning. <laughs> artist. You know, the, coo- the cuckoo bird does some kind of sledding around thing, and it's funny because I've taught classes on this, and I can't remember. Tell me, what is the shitty thing that a, a cuckoo does? Cuckoo birds take I think their they, eggs. They leave and the, they put their eggs into another someone bird's else's nest, nest so that mm. someone else can raise the right. And I learned that by reading Neil Gaiman comic books. That's how I learned. Oh, Neil she Gaiman! Loved Neil I love Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. I like to pronounce Neil Gaiman. Series? Oh yeah, my dude. goodness. Game Game of You is where, that's where I learned about the cuckoo and cuckoldry, and I'm pretty sure. And 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 one one of our dozens of fans will quote, oh, uh, correct me on this. Uh, I think bald eagles do a similar thing with their <laughs> with their eggs. They're sluts too, which is kind of yeah. American. <laughs> um, I did not Cuckolding know cu- is huge. In I didn't America. know that was a huge fetish thing. That's oh, that's massive. a new thing for yeah. me. It's fantastic. That's amazing. What's fun about uh, developing a fetish? <laughs> like uh, say leather for instance uh, and you're with you know when she'll, she'll wear leather and we're fucking and then you have sex and you smell the leather and after a while every time you smell leather it's evocative right yeah mm-hmm. it's very Pavlovian and you just so like we were in Venice together in Italy so many leather stores and we <clears> walked <throat> by one and we both like oh oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> She's funny that way. We'll be in a department store and she'll see some gloves or a purse and just start sniffing it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, sniffing Snifferson. <laughs> the the score for um, uh, Roberto is ragtime, right? Yeah, it is ragtime, right? Had you ever written in that kind of songwriting style previous? I had a song called "Bugly Eyes." That was kind of a that's true yeah. ragtime yeah. song, but no. Uh, Dustin from the Mad Caddies, he was a he was the main songwriter. I wrote I wrote the song that won the award for the cool song, which is cool. But uh, you know, I'd write some stuff and he'd put it on piano, but he wrote most of the stuff, and then I wrote most of the horn lines. But it was great doing that; it was fun. Yeah, Justin's brilliant, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, it's what, really good. What's interesting to me is like, so remember when I interviewed you for AP like ten years ago? Yeah, no, nope, not at all. <laughs> but I believe you. I well, I did. Uh-huh. I did it at your office. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a very different interview than like this interview or like the interviews like you guys have. I had my shirt on during that interview. Your shirt was on. (laughs) But it's interesting because I felt like you weren't really open about this stuff maybe at that point. But like you'd see clues like S&M Airlines or something like that. But like when did you sort of become kind of comfortable just kind of talking about it? Because I think it's so interesting. This one. Yeah. When I got with my my love here. Yeah. I was very, I, w- I wasn't closeted, but, you know, I had a dungeon in my house, but I never went to parties and never really talked about it because I was totally embarrassed. And uh, I, I wasn't involved with the lifestyle at all. And uh, 
when I got together with her, we started going to parties and and just started to live that lifestyle. And now I, I'm, I'm kind yeah, of a missionary. We started to live that lifestyle. Well, she did. I was already living that lifestyle. But, but you know, yeah. I joined it. And now she she calls me the missionary because you I, are. I talk about it so You're much and I just get missionary. people involved with it. And, oh, yeah. And the more I talk about it, I feel the more normal people think it is. And And we've gotten, well, you've gotten tons of people before me, but... I get a lot of punk rockers into it, and people tell me all the time that they start doing stuff. Cause you take t- some kind of satisfaction in um, almost like turning people, I guess. I, I do. I see you, and even after that, when when you've gotten someone involved in whatever, and, and you've given them a paddle, and they're hitting someone, you're like, okay, harder. Yeah, harder. She definitely wants you to hit her harder. I can tell. I can tell. Harder. Uh <laughs> Is that was is it the um, you know turning people and did you is that because of uh, punk voter you got so <laughs> you got so into trying to changing people's minds and mm-hmm. it's it just, just fun. didn't it's, work no it's like you know it's like play it's like the cave you know the Plato that story mm-hmm. where he goes outside this is great come on everyone and they're like no we're fine we're we're happy in here and you want to bring people out of the cave mm. it's just fun uh, I, so, think, I, I think it sounds I mean it sounds smart and healthy and it's cool that. Well, we get people. Well, you, wait it's, a minute. it's so healthy, and uh, we just have such a good time. Well, I mean, power exchange is a big part of what we do. Define so that. that's the DS in mm-hmm. BDSM that we were talking about earlier. Uh, that's the dominance and submission. And, you know, a big part of what we do is we, we have some rituals. Help me tell about the rituals. We We think that well, you know, I wear collar. Rituals are are very important for keeping, I guess, like defining your relationship over and over and over again, and letting letting each other know that you still love each other. So, like for example, whenever we travel all the time, whenever we go to the airport, I, as you can see, I wear the key for his collar, and I take it off before we go through whatever all the TSA. You no, know, because the chain with a big padlock. Yeah, if you can. See it and then, uh, on the radio. <laughs> right. You can't see it on the radio. That's so funny that I didn't say that. Anyway, um, so I unlock it, and then he gives it to me, and we go through. And then afterwards, I put the chain back on him, and then we always kiss. And it's this moment where I'm recollaring him. You know, I'm, I'm owning him again every single time. Yeah, every time she puts it on, I put it like, back on him yeah. when we go through that, that you're, experience. You're mine. I own you and you my property and it's it's cool it's it's a reminder it's, it's a constant beautiful. reminder it's a beautiful it's it's of, uh, it's a really loving moment yeah what is the significance of the ownership you talk about that in in home street home a bit as well with mm-hmm. some of the characters and how important that is and i find it fascinating the 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 the, the, the words the verbiage of it of owning a person of yeah putting but, a collar on that whole well, I mean, one thing, it's we just think it's super hot. You know, she'll talk to me like uh, I'm a thing. You know, when she's like, I'm just really just concerned with fucking your cock right now. And she'll be like, shut up, fuck thing. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's you're, you're, you're mine, you're my property. So it just, you know, and then she'll, you know, 
put a gag okay, on like, me or that's, something. That's, that's, just, the, you're, you're, that's the porn version. That is the salacious. <laughs> that is the salacious hot porn version of of what we're talking about for sure. But um, there's something so powerful about owning a person, and it, it just it just well, it's. It's another, it's a different kind of love. It's how we express love, I guess. One of the ways in which we... One of the ways that we express love is is through ownership. And um, and it's just it's a feeling that, you know, I get, like when she put put the collar on me, you just feel like, you feel safe. You feel like, that's so funny, I was just going to say you, yeah, feel, you feel safe. Uh, I love that you said that. Take, like someone's looking out for you, someone's taking care of you, and really... And, protecting you it's 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 and there's so many there's so many motherly type thing for sure there's so many versions of that in regular society like engagement marriage those are you know contracts and forms of ownership that don't have those hardcore words ownership i know that sounds intense but is it a reversal like is there a collar for you that mike has or is that is that (laughs) not how your relationship is defined well well, we're also engaged too. So, yeah, I mean, Congrat- we uh, have, engaged. We have, Congratulations to we you. We have some. Best. We have some of those traditional things going on as well. Yeah, but you know, uh, she doesn't wear a collar for me. But we do switch now and then. And instead of a collar, I just gave her a label. <laughs> you smack talker. Oh, you're, smack not talker. Sp- you're, not, you're not supposed uh, to talk about that. I know stuff. you can't it's see it on the radio, but it's supposed to be. Let, a let me show you. She's shoving blackberries be, up his ass right, right now. now. I'll show you. you I guys will put very awkward. All the all the blackberries up your ass. <laughs> Let's see. What does that say in your bottom lip there? I think I think it says, "Be quiet. You're telling too many secrets." <laughs> no, um, that must have hurt. It said "Daddy's" on her bottom lip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a good time. That was a uh, forced tattoo. I uh, I had her tied up and brought in a tattoo artist late at night one night and she didn't know what was happening this is really good for my career as a, <laughs> as a dominant you know every time he tells this story and, and i had uh, i had daddy's tattooed on her bottom lip because you know i'm her daddy. Feel? i'm her daddy sometimes and it's daddy's mouth <laughs> <laughs> see yeah we we go there when we- she ties you up and has something tattooed on your fucking cock i think <laughs> Wow, and, and and so as you're tied up, and this is happening. Um, when you were untied, how did it you was, feel? It was well. I mean, at the time, it was while I was tied up. It was terrifying and exciting, and well, I mean, I was blindfolded, and all of a sudden, I hear <laughs> and realize someone else is in the room, and I had no idea. So uh, something something's going on over here. Oh, anyway. But, you know, it actually, I kind of wanted it to last longer. I find this all fucking fascinating and awesome, Jonah. But that was, you know, when I got her that tattoo, I mean, that's a serious commitment. I mean, that's that's really bigger than marriage because I, you know, I'm taking responsibility. I'm, I'm telling her that I want to be with her, you know, for the rest of our lives because, you know, if you... You wouldn't do that. You, you couldn't do You're that. You're a pretty to big asshole if you <laughs> if you tattoo someone's someone's mouth like that, and then yeah, I think I said so. If we ever break up, you're gonna have to cut off my leg. 
And then that fetish development begins. <laughs> yeah. Then you see lips Ooh. everywhere. But I, oh, I got a boner. What I think is interesting is like you guys are engaged. So it's like you're also involved in sort of like that traditional kind of model. But totally. also you have this other stuff. Is that is that an interesting dichotomy for you? Because I would assume maybe you guys are like, well, that's just for like the rest of society. We're on this other trip. No, I, I love, I actually am super pro-marriage. How about you, baby? Uh, totally. I'm, and I, I mean, uh, it's like, it's just another contract. That, yeah. And uh, not to mention the corsetry involved with the dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the tuxedo. <laughs> Uh, well, they are very tight. It's great, you know, publicly saying in front of all your friends in front and family, of other people. I commit to this person. Yeah, and I life. love having, you know, I want, I love having a partner, you know, and, and we're, we're in this together, and uh, I'm super excited. Do we have a date yet? I mean, there's so many millions of ways that you can do that too. Like I'm pro polyamorous marriage too, but we're not going to do that. But yeah, and. How did that discussion go? <laughs> well, well, no, we, well, she, she was polyamorous. We've gotten mm-hmm. less and less polyamorous, and, I guess, and, throughout you know, the years. We, we, Although, I mean, there's some polyamory still. Yeah, and we, uh, is, and we that, fooled, is that both? We sexes fooled around or? a bunch, and you know, it was something no, I never done before. Sexes. I never had threesomes or foursomes or anything like that. And four uh, G or five G? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so we we did that a bunch, and it's not really. You know, it was some good times, but I, I'm I'm really interested in this this one woman, and uh, that's just how how it, we evolved. You know, because I got the best woman, so I want to sleep with a different one. Uh, it's pretty pretty sweet, right? So did you hear <laughs> but, sweet. but I still <laughs> sleep with girls. Did you hear the? Oh yeah, she still sleeps with girls. <laughs> and you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> So did you hear that uh, Tegan and Sarah play Creeping Out Sarah before they go on stage? Are you serious? No, not at all. Yeah. But that would be funny, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, I thought they were, yeah, okay, because I thought they were... I've never gotten to ask them about it. They ended up being I, I offended them about it. by it in they, the end. Like, they liked it, and then they changed their mind because fans disliked it. Yeah. Like that, did you talk right? to them about it? We shot, so we shot, like, what me and Vanessa shot with you. We sh- we're, it's coming, we're editing all of them now. We shot one with Tegan and Sarah, mm-hmm. and we were like, we just shot one with no effects, and they were like, they have a song about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were yeah. pretty excited about it. I was like, yeah, I know. It's awesome. And they were like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Sarah, or Tegan. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I talked to one of them, and uh, she, she said, oh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's funny and awesome. And then their fans started to really complain about it and uh, thought it was sexist and I was being a jerk. And so then they called back and they said, we'd like a public apology. And I'm like, I'm apologizing for shit. <laughs> last week you thought it was funny. But now because your fans, you know, don't like it, it's just silly. Because I make myself look like a dick in that song. It's right. nothing about them. Mm-hmm. It's about, about me being lame. <laughs> totally. It's self-deprecating. <laughs> so. You've had to do a bunch of apologies for people in your industry, haven't you? No way. Well, I mean, yeah, I would, if because I make fun of so many people, I have to, I have to be apologizing to a lot of people. I think that's cool. Though. I think that so many people are so scared of like offending anyone, or like it seems like that's never been kind of your. No, I'm scared of not offending anyone. That'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, punk rock is, you know, it really is supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to offend people and make them think about stuff differently. 
and uh, that's what we try to do at Home Street Home. You know, we go through there's so many uh, different things in that. Oh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words too, baby. No, but you know what? I I just lo- I so just, many themes. I just totally totally felt amorous towards you when you were saying all that stuff. Oh, you by were? the way. <laughs> You, oh, that means horny. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me turn on my camera. You know a lot of big words. I'm very impressed. Well, he has big vocabulary. You never know who's going to come into the dungeon. Hey, you know, some people have a way with words and others have, have not way. Mike, you going to South by Southwest this year? Uh, I don't think so. <coughs> I thought you were. I thought you were going to go. We were both going to go. Because the last time you were in South by Southwest, you opened up a bit. Was that Koki? Oh, Koki the and got banned. Yeah, I, I remember writing something, but when I watched the video, I remember I was working at Fuse. I remember writing, uh, if this is a prank, this is awesome. <laughs> if that's real, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but Damien from Fucked Up, he said it was the most disturbing thing he'd ever seen. Most, most awkward he'd ever felt at a show. And I was like, yeah. We were just talking about how when Home Street Home comes out, we really want to give free shots out to the audience and <coughs> jeff mark jeff marks was like you know it it really needs to be closed little airplane bottles or maybe it was john bush actually it needs to be closed little airplane bottles because i don't think that people want to take shots from you yeah. <laughs> you know like you, you can have, you the, you have the girl wearing a t-shirt that says petrone or whatever yeah well, i talked to you before you went down there Briefly, I can't. I can't remember when or where, but I remember you said you did a rehearsal for it, and you talked about like that opening line, and it was. Like, I guess what people don't remember is like it was very specific and rehearsed, like every bit of it. It wasn't just you up there rambling. You had an intent behind it. Well, I mean, I just the stories I I told, I, I just kind of I didn't have them written out, but they're all true stories, and. It's Some of your darkest stories. Right? Yeah, and it's weird because, you know, at one point, 15-year-old kid is like, oh, that's bullshit. I'm like, oh, you're calling bullshit on me? How do, you, how do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. How do you know these aren't true stories? And they're all true. And it, when you add it, when you put them all together, I mean, those are just some of my stories, but they're pretty dark stories. I mean, just you know, like my roommate who I had to get down after he hung himself, just, you know, a lot of weird shit happened to me. And... So people think when I, t- I want to tell these stories, you're making some of this shit up. Like, no, I'm not making this shit up. I wanted to, I wanted to share dark stories in my life. And, You're uh, so brave, though, baby. I'm so proud of you. Such good well, performance art. It, it was just, it was, re- it was, it was, yeah, it was really a fun experience. Not a fun experience. It was a great experience to be like a, the, really the anti comedian. Mm. Do you think a lot of that was informed by... Uh, stand-up, what, tragedy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Good one. Uh, next album title. Uh, <laughs> do you think a lot of that was informed by, you know, the, your orphan year, which you played during that? Like, when... Because when your, when your parents died... I remember running into you at a, at a Warp tour, and... I mean, I don't even know how one reacts to all of that, but you were... You could definitely just see, like, you were... You were very open about it. Like, yeah, both my parents just died, like, within a few weeks of each other, and it's just awful. And we're just very, very... Yeah, uh, yeah it wasn't a good time. <laughs> we oh. have some a little bit of history with Jonah. Can we talk about this stuff or not? <laughs> no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, that story, that's such an awesome story. I was, I was like, what are they... Ta- oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about it, though, huh? I don't know what's being discussed. 
<laughs> you can't let this go anywhere. Uh, I'm going to tell the story. Can, okay. we, tell okay. it. can, we, can we tell it? Yeah, uh, tell no, it. So, are you tell okay it. with it? Yeah. Okay. So we're playing, we're in New York or something. And, uh, in the East Coast somewhere, but we needed to be... Yeah, it's some drugs. You know, of, we needed something to get to D.C. Yeah, we needed our drugs to uh, go to D.C. because we didn't want to fly with them because you don't want to fly with drugs. Well... It was too many. It was too many drugs to stick in my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the maximum amount you can get out there? Is it a poundage or is it? Do you go with grams? How does that work? I, I Whatever just, you can fit. I was, in I was tampon. just making that up. That yeah. never happened. Never happened. <laughs> so uh, it, yeah, we had an assortment of drugs, and Jonah was. Oh, he said, "Oh, I'm gonna. I'll be at the show in ball in." DC. So really, I go. Oh, you're gonna so be there. So, yeah, I go. Do so, you mind taking a so little, a little package down for me? It's like, no, that's cool. And it was, a, it was a locking. It was a money thing pouch with, you know, locked. And I just gave it to him, and it was, it was pretty heavy. Yeah, we met up the next night. Yeah, hung out, and you gave it to me. I go here. You mind taking this for me? He's like, well, no. We, we talked about. I didn't tell you what was in it. That nope. fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't ask what was in it. No, you didn't ask. No, which was awesome. And the next day, he gave me, you know, the bag, and everything was still in it. Well, it was locked. <laughs> So it worked out pretty good. You mule drugs for me, Jonah. Thank you. <laughs> no, no problem. A massive I mean, amount, yeah. It, what's funny is like, I don't think I would do that for anyone else. But for some reason, you're like, we do this? And I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got home that night. I was like, what am I is doing? Is this a good idea? And I was like, well, I said I'd do it. Like, and that was like, and you know, you guys had helped me out by coming in. You know, like I felt kind of responsible for you guys being in New York. So, yeah. But I, I will say that getting rid of that thing was the most relieving feeling of <laughs> all time. Like as soon as I handed over, I was like, "Yes." Oh. It was a relief to, for me too. To I'm sure have my drugs back. Yeah, it was a relief for both of us. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, they weren't. They weren't even any soft drugs in that one. You know, <laughs> I had. I, had, I don't <laughs> carry soft drugs. I just had so much anxiety, like just like doing. Like I was like, "Am I going to forget it?" And this, like, I put it in my bag that night. Like mm. I just wanted to. Like, I was like, "Just don't, don't mess this up." <laughs> that was my big thing. That was what I was most worried it's about. Important. This is a was, trial. Like, fucking it up, <laughs> not getting caught, just fucking it up. Oh, that's so sweet. That's super. Like sweet. you still carry a mirror in your pocket? No. Is that something that he used to do? I don't I know. Saw this at one, one point. Uh, what, what was that for? Well, yeah, I want to look good. <laughs> <laughs> I care. I care about my looks. I, I mean, do you go like in phases with with partying, where like you're partying really hard and then you take a break, or is it always? Oh, on? yeah. I'm, oh, so totally, totally, totally. Yeah, Can I? I, I want to weigh in on this. Okay, sure. He is, he I've always is, wondered about he this. He is so so good. At, so we, you know, at home in San Francisco, he is. He doesn't even drink at all. Like I drink wine every night, and he doesn't even drink, and he's such a good dad like so responsible really really good about not partying at home and rides his bicycle every day and you know yeah, juice, take, take juices care of myself and, and eats and kale and you know I take care of myself and again I mean, it's when i'm working when again, i'm writing tell you like I have super to be sober. super good dad and yeah and, and you know when spending totally time with, like, with kids uh you got to be present you don't want to be hung over right and, and feel like shit you want to be with your kids Right, you don't want to be a fucking dickhead like that. Yeah, I don't want to be a dickhead like those fucking dickheads. <laughs> You're making fun of me. <laughs> You're mocking me. Uh, but when I'm on tour, it's like, I don't have to do shit. All I got to do is play, and, I've, and it's fun to party and, and play. So basically, when we're on tour, uh, that's party times. 
And when I'm at home, I, it's I'm, adult. It's sober time. Yeah, it's adult time and tour. Yeah. Well, you, you even talk about. Not, songs. But you know, sometimes you know, there's exceptions. You know, you go out, you have a you party, whatever. Hmm. But there's a time and a place, right? Recreational, not abuse. Mm-hmm. I believe that's one of your lyrics. Mm-hmm. And everything in moderation, especially yeah. moderation. That too. Into it. So, do you have a kid too? Yeah, yeah. We raised our children together, and they get along so well. It's so amazing. We're so lucky. So, I have a 14 year old, and you know he has a nine year old. So it's Darla and Cedra, and they're so sweet together, like amazingly sweet together. Um, Cedra puts Darla to bed at night and sings her lullabies and tells her stories and you know they're like oh my sister my sister my sister i mean it's it's we are so lucky oh that's cool that so they, two only child and have a sister that they yeah that's awesome that they have you know fallen in love with each other like that as sisters yeah it's really nice we get a nice family we're a great family and we um <laughs> get kind of a, a weird like i don't know demented version of a a Jew family, like we do Hanukkah. <laughs> Jew family. We do, you know, like we try to, we try to do sort of, sort of Jew family. We have a, um, are you Jewish? Yeah. From Sturgis? Ish. Ish. Well, I'm not from By Sturgis. Injection. I'm not from Sturgis. I'm from, uh, I'm from London, but grew up mostly in Baltimore <laughs> and ended up in Sturgis. Anyway, um, so Mike always says we have the Cadillac Somebody of using menorahs. A small vacuum in here. <laughs> Did you see li- a line? No. What was that? It was a bump. He always says you're inter- You just stole my thunder. You just fucking stole my thunder. Anyway, he always says we have the Cadillac of menorahs, but we it is actually a pink Cadillac. Yeah, it's a pink Here's Cadillac. Here's my story, When when Mike No Effects would never do television interviews, so we were very very. Uh, lucky to have them want to come on our little show and there's a tv term where it's like all right we're coming in here from the bump in sorry and whenever someone would say that mike would just laugh hysterically every single time the bump in yeah the bump in he's like we're ready for the bump in what does that mean i don't even it means you're just coming in from from commercial and you know you're bumping in the uh, camera (laughs) camera's doing you would laugh hysterically from that yeah because they'd be like ready for the bump you would go wait what what's that what Pass it around. I, I want to know why he carried a mirror in his pocket. I mean, it, it seems obvious. But. Mm-hmm. Same reason Neil Young didn't. <laughs> I, what I remember when I did this AP story, I remember you were like, "You're like this. You got this wrong, this wrong, this wrong." You're like, "But I love the last, the ending." And the ending was when you said, "If this band broke up, it'd be like losing a fingernail." You're like that. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I was like, "How long do you see this going on?" First, I asked you some questions. You're like, "This reminds us of why we stopped doing interviews." And then I was like, uh, mm-hmm. and then at the end, but you were like, but I like that part. You're like, this band. <laughs> <laughs> if your band broke up after 30 years, it would really feel like, yeah, losing a fingernail. <laughs> not, that, not that big a deal. <laughs> Is there another we should back? try that later, sweetheart. Wait, you're going to take a fingernail from me? Mm. That's fucked up. Mm. That's, that's fucked up. That's, that's fucking, where you go to, the fingernail. You tattooed her lip when she wasn't <laughs> looking. <laughs> But she wasn't looking. Here. Ah, uh, uh, sobriety. <laughs> yeah, see, we're not with our kids right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I understand. Um, uh, backstage passport. We'll round it up with that. Yeah. That was... What uh, you want to know? What, did you do another one? We did. And where is it? 
Uh, it's on someone's computer. It's, it's edited. They're color correcting it right now. Is it the same? Is it the same model as the previous backstage passport? For those of you playing the home game, it was a series that Mike shot, where No Effects went and played places they'd never played before. Yeah, and all he's, the adventures he's, they're he's in. Kent, though. Yeah, uh, I look. I'm the one that looks like a real asshole in this one. <laughs> you know the Russian train. Yes, of with the last one with Kent. Yeah. with Gene Wilder. <laughs> Yeah, Silver, <laughs> silver Street. Uh, yeah, this time I'm kind of the... I'm just a... The I'm, train I'm, I'm wreck. wreck. Yeah, I'm the train wreck. In, in a few places. In, in Monterey, Mexico. Well, basically, I was, you know, I was going uh, going through my divorce and uh, falling in love with her. And I was just... I was really partying way too much. Well, you were kind of you were angst out though, because yeah, you know I, was, I wasn't happy you had this at all. Relationship for what, like almost twenty years or whatever mm-hmm. that you were coming out of, and then getting involved in my crazy circus world. Yeah, I was I was having some unhappy times. You said something to me very smart because I remember talking to you when you were going through that of like when someone gets a divorce, it's hard, but for any any party involved, but it seemed that. From what you were telling me, you tried, you know, like there was a, there was a consistency to making something work, trying to make something happen. So that when you get to that point, it's not, it's not celebratory. It's like, well, I exhausted every avenue, you know? And so of course that's going to affect how you're going to feel and do something. You can't, you know, you, you are human. That's going to send you down a certain way. That's why I was asking about, you know, your parents and Koki the clown. Like, it seems like you are, you know, beyond a creative type, but you know, your subconscious just drives the hell out of you. Hmm. All right. Hmm. What do you think? You agree? Yeah, look at the brain on Brian. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was. I don't understand those words. Uh, uh, he just uh, got analyzed. I, yeah, that I was, like you. That was very impressive, cool. Stephen. Analyzed. You got, you got analyzed. Oh, oh, analyze. Will you analyze me later, baby? It was such an easy. The, come on, that was easy. Okay. I should have said lies. You mean like, ooh, what's that? Mean? <laughs> so, is there more Green Dragon in, in this this one? No, it's mostly just white powder yeah uh, now we're not on tv so we can just show whatever <laughs> no it's how there, crazy is that though singapore like you know that was that was crazy i, I went to singapore like, shortly after that and like i couldn't i like a like thinking about that episode i was so freaked out like i was freaked out doing right. anything there terrifying and huh? I, yeah yeah that was that was so i mean that was the most fucked up i've ever been and you know people are saying you guys weren't that fucked up. No, we were that fucked up. That was crazy. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, have I said this before? I don't know, sweetheart. No, whatever it was. You know, we thought we were buying ecstasy. Right. And so we chopped it up and each did a half a pill because we like to play it safe when you're doing drugs. You don't, want, you don't know how strong it is. Uh, and it, we just, it just blew our minds. We were so fucked up. And then uh, what is this? And 45 minutes into it, the guy's like, oh, it's half ketamine, half ecstasy. So if you've ever done ketamine before. Safe drug. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is the safest drug. It's what they give to kids in hospitals. But, but you take a little tiny dose and these lines were giant. <laughs> it's the, so. Yeah, but beyond that, the whole, you know, socio political whatever aspect where, you know, you could have gotten in huge, huge trouble. Caned. 
the bad well, caning. You know, caned about that the head, neck, be, and shoulders. That would have been awful if you would have gotten caned. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, why, like, don't you away. The, why don't you tell them about uh, well, yeah, the biggest ju- caning experience yeah. of your life? Judicial caning is a lot different. You know what? It is. It's Gottesoma caning. It's it's pretty yeah, harsh, fl- you know, pretty like, horrible to watch. Yeah. It, I mean, they flay your skin basically with caning. Yeah, it's. Uh, we had a, we it's had, not erotic. We had a funny. Uh, can- I had a funny. Uh, oh, was that funny? That was funny. You think that was funny? What? No, our thing? No, it's a funny let's story. Go, let's go back and, uh, you know. Oh, it wasn't funny. Let's talk about how funny it is later. Mm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, we were having one of our nights in our dungeon, and uh, we were, she was going to give me a, an English caning, which is... Traditional British a caning. A traditional British mm-hmm. caning. You have tea beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's scones with the caning. Yeah, scones. And, yeah. and uh, she said, do you know what that is? I go, yes, ma'am. And I'm supposed to ask for it. I go, may I please have a dozen uh, of the best? That's what we asked for. A dozen of the best of her best canes, uh, her best shots. And she goes, what did you say? I said, a dozen. And she goes, did you say a thousand? I said, no. I said, a dozen. <laughs> and she said, you said a thousand, didn't you? <laughs> and she goes, okay. And I was like, ah. ah. And so uh, she she gave me a thousand a thousand canes. No, for real, a thousand? Like, not embellishing? For like, real, not embellishing. Yeah, it, no embellishment at all. And it took... It took a long time. A really long and it, time. It ended and up, I had to count it. It was, it was so kind of slow, and it turned into this almost like, I don't know, like, dance-like thing. And it was really, like, zen-like and erotic. And we both went into, like, almost like an altered state. Like, what kind of cane are we talking here? Like... Um, What's the tool? Well, it's a cane. Uh, it, it's like it's a made, walking cane. Got a no, hook and a rubber no, they're, they're thin. They're I, I, like what is that? What is that around it? Circumference? I, like I don't a know. Penny like or something. A, uh, rule no. of thumb. It's <laughs> it's like no about a about thin pinky bamboo, about okay. pinky yeah All right. like like bamboo sort of Got but it. it's not <clears throat> about pinky it's size like around. a switch like a thousand mm-hmm. switch hits mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it was. It was totally. It was beautiful, right? Yeah, it was really. Yeah, it was lovely. Beautiful, and you know we switched positions a lot, and some you know some were not that hard, and some were really hard. <clears throat> and then one one part was really cool because she had rubber uh, pants on, rubber stockings, and they were kind of luby. So I got to like, I was like kind of fucking her legs when I was on her lap. So that was super cool. That no, no, that was later. That was when you asked for oh, yeah. more. That was later. That was that was a really special thing. Is we finally got to a thousand. Mm. And I said, "Ma'am, may I please have more?" And then she please was may like, I have another. Please yeah. may I have another? And she was like, "What were you like?" My heart just melted for you, and I got so wet and hot for you, and put you over my knee and um, caned you a hundred and twenty-seven more times or something like yeah, that and that's when 52 more times so it turned like out that. to be 1150 yeah whatever it was but that's when and you it were, took about that's when you were sort that's of about 90 minutes or something it's yeah. the consistency that's amazing me it's not like the act of love and all that it's like how specific you are with what you're doing and also the manners mm. like oh the yes protocols the are very like protocol important. is a huge part of bdsm but f- afterwards i was just a sweaty mess I was just on the floor, like a puddle. 
It was awesome. I mean, it was a really, really special experience for, for both of us. And lots of kisses and love and sex and stuff. Yeah. I think. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, it was a really special night. Uh, protocols are very important in our world. And are there protocols for every facet? Like you talked about ritual earlier, yeah. how huge that is. So does, you know, if you're, you know, protocols to bondage, protocols to S&M, that kind of thing, are they different? Are they specific? Are there norms? Or is it different per couple or person? Uh, both. There's there's some standard scene protocols, mm-hmm. and then and then you make up your own protocols. So, so it's it's like, I guess, you know, morals and ethics, something like that. But um, I guess there's agreed upon protocols for whatever the scene. But, you know, it's, it's things like honorifics, like, you know, you call someone mistress or goddess or sir or whatever that like something like that you know dominance and i call her ma'am most mostly and then there's a way that we write to each other i don't know if you guys know about this oh, this is this is such a cool uh part of it it kind of looks it kind of looks like you're stuttering <laughs> it kind of looks like uh, wait, no, when, when we're what? texting i always text her pronoun like you or when i'm talking about her she gets a capital y and a capital h so the dominant dominants always get capital letters with their names and pronouns, anything to do with them, capitals and and I always get a lowercase. Get lowercases with their so it, it would be like a lowercase M for Michael. And when I when I say I'll, so then, I'll see you later, small I in the aisle. So and then it would be uppercase U mm-hmm. and lowercase U. If it's going to be like, oh, you know, you're going to go out with your friends. That's, we'll see you later. Yeah. You, you, you. So when we say, we'll see you later, it's, it's a big we, we. W slash little W. Wheel. <laughs> and I was, I was confusing. We'll, we'll, we'll see but you, you, you everyone later. everyone in our scene and, does that. <laughs> and it's, it's just, I thought it was the coolest thing. It's great because it's like, so a, it's, a it constant, up, like it's a constant he, reminder no, of, so if he forgets, of your, if he forgets, of your roles. Well, yeah, I get that. But if he forgets and does like a lowercase, is that part of uh, a scene that you're getting ready to play that he's trying to taunt you as the dominant to do something? Is that like, do you need to know about that ahead of time? Or you know, there... I mean, there are some people that do that that are, you know, into all that like kind of bratty taunt dominant mm-hmm. thing. I, I really don't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, eh. yeah, we don't... like I don't really need to be taunted into and, and we don't live, with you. And we don't live you know, a two four seven uh, but, lifestyle like that either. Right. We're both so well between alpha. between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. We have we have pretty normal. But you get you get. But I actually kind of hate that kind of shit. I, I hate that. What? I hate bratty taunting. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Taunting into you know, oh punish me, punish me. Like you know, I just want to play with you because I want to play with you and go ahead and worship me because you're supposed to. Wait, and wait, uh, everything will be great. The other way sounds dishonest too. <laughs> so that sounds clever and concise. It, it's so cool to me that you guys seem like so on the same page with all this stuff. Like it's so amazing. You kind of found each other and kind of. It really is amazing. I mean, I, you know, I don't believe in destiny or you know God or anything like that. But I really think that we were supposed to meet each other. And you know, who knows how? But uh, it's pretty cool. 
magnets. Yeah, this is what it's like. You know that remember those old football games? Was it'd be it's a you have these little magnetic pieces on a, on a metal board, and they're those football players, and you can only move one at a time. And you have this underground magnet. Do you remember that? It's a stupid old game, the seventies, and it's like most of the players are just shaking around and vibrating and just going throughout their lives. But there's a magnet that picks one one player, and you move that one, and that's the we you know. I like to think of that. Someone with the magnet <laughs> put some us together. Of, some kind of magnetic Some kind forces, of secret yeah. underground magnet. No, mm-hmm. I don't really believe that. But it's something like secret that. Knots. See, no, so, it's secret knots. No, it's secret. The world supposed is to be bound together. by secret knots is one of my favorite, favorite quotes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you're neat. We find you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, these it is wee hours in the morning. Dealing with us being so whatever nightmares. Out of it. Nightmares for coming. I mean, you guys are a Dan Savage column come to life. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. See you guys later. I'm I'm staying here and sleeping on this couch now. You should. I'm gonna stay with you. Uh, did, what, what are we going to say? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm hungover now. I, I, I hope everyone enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed doing it. I think it's one of the most... I, I'm super proud of that interview just because yeah. I feel like no one can ever listen to it. And even if they don't care about Fat Mike or us and be like, that was a boring interview. Yeah, no, like, nothing boring. And the fact that most of it was him lying on his back on the couch without a shirt on, which he then used as a handkerchief. Wow! Somebody should get a picture of that. Oh my god! No, I th- and the part we didn't <laughs> tell was at the very beginning. This, of course, we we were very lucky to have been doing the podcast at Converse's Rubber Track Studios. This happened to be the day when a whole bunch of bigwigs were there, and <laughs> Brad <a> tour <laughs> and and Brad shuffled Mike. We were literally doing the Bugs Bunny where the door opens and somebody comes out and goes to the other door. Like they were. We were. I was managing to shuffle them around from door to door without getting into the, the rehearsal room where Mike was packed, was passed out. And then you open the rehearsal room, and there he is, like being held like an infant by Soma <laughs> without his shirt on. And all here's Brad on the corner going, "Ah, Fat Mike from No Effects. There he is. Hey, let's keep it moving." <laughs> yeah, I remember you were like, you're like, you're like, I have to take them, and there's everything okay in there. I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was like, I have. And Whatever's then, gonna happen. And then gonna you happen said a couple times, and I felt so terrible. You went, "Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do the podcast here anymore." I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That was a, it was a little stressful, but you know what? It worked out great. We have this amazing interview. So thanks, Mike and Soma, for doing it. Uh, if you like the podcast, uh, check out our other episodes. Visit us online at Facebook, on Twitter. Donate. Goingofftrack.com. Mm-hmm. You know the whole the whole spiel. The whole shebang. Uh, wow, Fat Mike. Oh, by the way, if someone wants to transcribe that and send it to us, that'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I don't even know what to say about that interview. I feel like I'm getting, like, feel, like, lightheaded just thinking about, like, <laughs> that day because it was just so crazy. And oh, then, the other part was it was supposed to be the day before. Yeah, And right. we, we saw him after the musical, and I was like, dude, I'm seeing you tomorrow. And he's like, what time? And I went... Uh, noon, he went, ah, it's so early, so early. And I was like, how about four? And he's like, ah, yeah, four is good, four is good. And then I waited and I knew he was going to bail. And I knew he was going to bail. And at like midnight, 
our good friend Vanessa Burt goes, yeah, Mike says it's And then he had to cancel his flight for the day he was supposed to leave during the interview. He's like, yeah, I can't fly back today. Yeah, and his flight was like (laughs) supposed to leave an hour after the interview was scheduled. The man is a multimillionaire who runs a label and has been working on a musical. It's insane. He's incredible. He's he's awesome. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Talk to you soon. 